0: Hey there, it's James here. I want to give you a little announcement about this episode. Now, we had some technical difficulties with the audio. Uh, when my voice was recording, there was some crackling. My teams tried to clear it out as much as possible. So it is bearable, but could be annoying. And I completely understand that. And I apologize for that. Uh, but I do definitely want you to still check out the episode because there was loads of amazing information shared in it. And you're going to get so much value from the episode. So apologies for the technical difficulties. I hope you enjoy the episode. And I appreciate you listening welcome to the healthcare business secrets show where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue double your impact and double your time off in this episode we're talking with jeff Lerner. jeff is on a mission to help people create an awesome life he's been successfully unemployed since he got fired from his summer job at 16 and decided having a job wasn't for him in his 20s he made a living as a jazz musician but in 2008 he began learning about online business since then, he's generated $50 million in sales online, built a real estate investment company, founded a two-time Inc. 5,000 digital agency, and made it his passion to create the most awesome life possible. Since 2018, after selling his agency, he's been committed himself to f- full-time teaching others how to create their own awesome life through his education company, Entre. Welcome to the show, Jeff.
1: So grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. I love your
0: I love your backstory. I love that you're a jazz musician uh, and then just kind of switched to being this killer in online business. Tell us, kind of what got you to that point? What made that transition? How are you feeling? I like what you said. You know, you're at 16, you you didn't feel like having a job, and I
1: felt like that my entire life as well. Talk to us about your backstory. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to share. Um, I did uh, I did have a very negative experience at 16 of of having a job and decided that that was not uh, agreeable with my palate. And uh, that's actually why I became a musician. You know, a lot of people feel very drawn to music, like artistically, like it speaks to their soul. I certainly love music and feel very connected to it, but it was a very pragmatic decision for me of like, I have to find something that I can do to earn a living, but still literally march to the beat of my own drum and like control my own destiny. I just music was uh, kind of a compromise for me. It was like, mm. you know, I, especially as a piano player, I figured out that if I, if I play the piano, then I can get hired by myself. I don't have to be part of a band per se, which means I can keep all the money. And then especially if I can learn how to sing while I play the piano, there's actually pretty good demand for that. That's like a premium musical product. And, you know, by my early 20s, I was making, you know, 40 grand a year and playing gigs. And I succeeded at never having to get a job. So that was a win for me, but you know, as easy and it wasn't easy, but certainly as easy as I guess it may seem to have gotten to forty grand a year, it was that hard to get much above that. I mean, I could mm-hmm. get to fifty or sixty grand by teaching a bunch of lessons on the side, and but you know, I was never—I don't never say never. I mean, now I'm a big believer in you know you can manifest just about anything the mind can believe and conceive it can achieve. But uh, certainly for where I was in my 20s, I didn't see a path to a really great prosperous life as a musician. And most of my peers in that industry were like 30 years older than me. And we were all playing the same gigs, making the same money. So I just mm. saw this very, very flat path in front of me that <laughs> didn't seem to go up as a you know working musician in Houston, Texas, which is a good town to be a gigging musician, but you know, you're not gonna get your big break and be the next Elton John or whatever. And by my late 20s, I guess, you know, the, the fast forward all through my twenties, I was trying to start businesses while working as a musician. So I was finishing school. I ended up getting a degree in jazz piano and, and I minored in business finance, which was kind of a nod to my dad because my dad was a money manager and I had a lot of respect for business and and obviously Mm. that's paid some dividends now, but I, I was always starting businesses. I tried flipping houses. I tried originating mortgages. I tried starting a booking agency. I tried starting a party promotion company. I, I tried starting a mobile marketing company. I lose track of all the things I tried to do in my 20s. And I just know that you know one failure led to another, led to another. And eventually it came to a, a climax in my late 20s when I tried opening these franchise restaurants and I had a pair of them. And I ended up uh, all told about $495,000 in debt. In 2008, uh, the Great Recession, the mortgage bubble burst, the economy got all cattywampus and I was left holding the bag just about a year into these two franchise restaurants, and they went out of business. And uh, yeah, my net worth was negative four hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. I don't know if you're you have if this is a visual show or just a podcast, but at least you can see down there in the corner. That's my two thousand eight tax return, which shows that I recorded uh, a negative forty something thousand dollar income that year. Turned it into the IRS, and uh, was, you know, that was, that was my low point. So I, I went online. And I knew a couple of things from being a musician. One is that it's really hard to get good at stuff. Like it's really hard to be a professional caliber piano player. It's just hard. It takes thousands and thousands of hours, a lot of time by yourself in a six by six or six by eight practice room, leaning in, learning sight reading, learning transposition, learning all this thorny mathematical stuff, but also trying to be creative at the same time. Like and thousands and thousands of hours. And and especially the idea that, you know, you kind of have to do it for a couple thousand hours before you're even good enough to like play anything for anyone and not have it sound terrible. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just delayed gratification is a huge part of being a really competent musician. So when I went online in 2008, I mean, that's kind of how the story story goes is that I lost all this money. And I was like, I want to go online and try to make money and see if I can save my marriage because my wife was like done with me. She's like, you're a loser. You're reckless. You're a gambler with money. You try to start these businesses. You won't get a job like I'm out. And I was just trying to keep my life together or maybe get it back on the rails. And But I had this real patience, this real reverence for like doing the work, In my case, I started with affiliate marketing. I started with digital marketing, promoting other people's offers. I didn't have the money to develop an offer. I didn't have the money to stock any inventory. I didn't have the money to hire a staff. I needed to just learn how to market and get paid by referring people to other people's stuff. And that's what affiliate marketing is. And, um, you know, when I was $495,000 in debt, like I had a real problem on my hands. No wonder my wife was kind of done with the whole thing. So, but the, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because I approached it just the way I approached the instrument. You know, literally, it's sitting at a keyboard, right? It's the same mm-hmm. just a different keyboard, piano versus a computer. but it's it's hundreds or thousands of hours sitting at a keyboard, knowing that there's no shortcut to learning learning it right, learning it the right way. And so I didn't fall prey to what most of the people I see fall prey to when they go on the internet, which is they think that because the internet moves so fast that internet based results are supposed to move fast. Yeah. And that like, you know, I can download the a, a complete, you know, all three movies of the Godfather series, you know, like 10 hours of digital video I can download in like, you know, 12 minutes. Therefore I should be able to make $10,000 a month in 90 days. And it's like, no, the universe doesn't care that you're in a hurry business is still business just because it's internet-based business or digital marketing based business doesn't change the fundamentals of business competence value expertise being the best being the one percent being exceptional these are all still valid concepts and just because the internet messes with the dopamine in your brain and gets you thinking like a junkie has no bearing in what your actual results are going to be and how they play out over time i wasn't brainwasher hoodwinked by the internet like so many people seem to be. I approached it the same way I approached the last time I wanted to learn to do something in a keyboard. And it took Mm -hmm. me thousands of hours then, and I was prepared for it to take me thousands of hours this time around. But actually, as the SEALs say, Navy SEALs, it's an American thing, we're always quoting the Navy SEALs, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Because Mm -hmm. I approached the internet with a much more patient and methodical approach. My results actually did happen really fast. Yeah. And in 18 months, I paid off $495,000 in debt with affiliate marketing. I was one of the five best affiliate marketers by 6 months in. I was one of the five best affiliate marketers in a community of 40,000 trainees. Yeah. And I you know, I just found my calling, man. I I was I was I feel like I was born to be an entrepreneur in the new economy. I understood all the all the things that they said you needed to to take time to master. They just clicked for me, direct response, architecture, funnel, psychology, copywriting, you know, all the math based stuff of measuring outcomes, figuring out your return on ad spend and, you know, forecasting revenue per lead. And I got real into the alphabet soup kind of, you know, granular metrics. And I just, the whole world just made a lot of sense to me. And so again, $495,000 in debt I paid off in 18 months thankfully was not able to save my marriage. That one was done. But a couple of years later found the girl of my dreams and I'm happily remarried now with four kids. Like it it just kind of turned into this uh, almost like fairy tale. You know, I, I, I did affiliate marketing for five years, made like 10 million bucks in commissions as an affiliate marketer in five years, started an agency, was on the Inc 5,000 multiple times, sold the agency in 2018 and really took stock of my life and said, okay, Ten years ago, 2008 to 2018, right? Ten years ago, I was a broke, struggling, depressed, overweight, mm-hmm. facing bankruptcy, jazz musician. And uh, here it is, 2018, you've, you know, you've, you've grossed about $40 million in sales online between affiliate and agency businesses. You've been a top marketer in multiple communities. You got remarried, you're in the, you know, I started working out again. I was in the best shape of my life. Like everything changed, not just the money. Honestly, the money's like the lagging indicator. Everything changed in my life. And I said, okay, the digital economy is a really, really powerful thing that has a pretty bad, I would call it a, a misunderstanding or a reputation based on misunderstanding because the, the flaw is people are coming into this digital economy looking for the quick hit. And so because of that, they're all screwed up on day one, like they're dead on arrival and they're not getting the result. And then they're just going off and saying, oh, this whole thing's a scam. The internet marketing's not a real thing. And I'm like, listen, you know, you can do a lot in a decade. You know, Bill mm-hmm. Gates, I, I think it's the second time I've already now quoted Bill Gates, right? He says, people overestimate what they can do in a year, but they underestimate what they can do in a decade. And I was living yeah. proof of that. And so I I sold my agency and I said, I'm just going to teach people about the new economy. And, And it's not just digital marketing. I mean, you work with healthcare professionals and, you know, at Entre Institute, we'll teach anybody how to market in the new economy because it's all changed. It doesn't matter what business you're in. It's different now than it was 10 years ago. And I'm just a big believer that the greatest service I can provide to the world now moving forward is to try to develop better entrepreneurs by giving them a better understanding of the the tools that they have within their control to create any life they want.
0: 100%. What what I'm hearing from from what you said is that your headspace really sort of shifted first, not necessarily actions and strategy. Can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Do you feel like it was that that shifted? Because a lot of people will hear, okay, you started doing well, uh, you're making some more money, you're clearing some debt, so then you felt good and you went to the gym and stuff should change. And people seem to see things as like, I make money and then my life will improve, or then I will do these other things. Whereas I kind of see it the other way around in terms that sometimes we don't realize, but what has actually shifted is our headspace first. And then everything else has begun to follow because we're taking better actions, develop better strategies. Cause we're looking at it from the right frame of mind.
1: Yeah. I could not agree more strongly with what you said. I believe that you'll never outperform your own self image. I believe that the mind has to believe it and conceive it before you will achieve it. There's a hundred different ways to say the same thing. You know, in our, in our community, in Antra, one of the things I teach about is called the three Ps of excellence. And I want to just take a minute and, and emphasize. Yeah. First of all, I, I divide the world in a very simplistic way. There's excellence and then there's just everything else. And one of those is interesting to me and the other I find very distasteful. Like be excellent or just don't right? And, and I took that approach when I came online. You know, people say, oh, Jeff, there were 40,000 affiliate marketers and you were in the top five. Well, okay. Yeah. I beat out 39,995 of them. But I'm going to tell you right now, probably 39,000 of them had zero interest in excellence. Yeah. They were there for a quick buck. They were there for uh, it to be easy. They were there because they didn't like their job and they thought maybe they could like make the same, but do less. Or like, yeah, they had some kind of like super lukewarm, unattractive vision of their life. And so I wasn't even competing with them. There was probably like a handful of people I really had to compete with in that space. And frankly, with them, I just outworked them. But this, the average standard in this world is just, it's just so low. Like you don't actually have to be, you know, it's like David Goggins talks about the 40% rule. Like when your body starts to scream that you've hit your max, you're actually only at 40% of your capacity. So the only real interesting question is how far beyond 40 are you going, right? Mm-hmm. But the reality is most people stop at 40. So you're not even competing with them if you commit yourself to a standard of excellence and doing hard things and pushing yourself and constant never-ending improvement and growth and, and obsession with just getting better all the time, right? You 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 immediately separate yourself from, I don't know if it's 96% or 98% or what. But those are the only conversations that are interesting to me and worth having to me. That's why I was I got so good at the piano because I just... I worked like a maniac. I didn't even start playing till I was 17. I was gigging professionally at 20. But I dropped out of high school because I recognized education held no future for me. I had decided I wanted to be a piano player. I dropped out. I practiced 10 hours a day. I auditioned at the university every single semester for six consecutive semesters. The first time they laughed at me because I had no high school diploma. The second time they laughed at me again. By the third time they realized I was serious, but I didn't have a teacher. So that was like still kind of weird. By the sixth time, they were like, this guy's just going to keep coming back. And honestly, he's getting pretty good. Let's let him in, you know? Like, I've just, you know, that's kind of my vision of the world. And so, yeah, I I was already, let me just say this. I was already a really successful person in my mind. Mm. It just took me 15 years. I started, my, my first entrepreneurial endeavor was 16. I guess by the time I got a hit, I was 29. So it took me about 13 years took me seven failures, took me two marriages, took me a whole lot of getting my butt kicked by life to finally manifest what I always actually knew about myself, which is I'm really damn good and I deserve good things because I'm willing to work and I love to learn. That's it, man. Love to work, love to learn, have big dreams. Those three. You can dream and you love to learn and you're willing to work hard. You deserve great things in this world. I honestly think if you remove any one of those three things, you just you don't deserve it. So like, don't ask for it. But if you do, you'll naturally keep at it until eventually the universe goes, this guy's going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. Mm -hmm. So we better give him his just due. And then you get it. Right? So, So it was for me, yeah, it was like at 29, it was finally time for me to realize and start to become the person that I had already been working very hard at being. But I will say this, and I know I'm, I'm kind of all over the, the place here, but I'm going to say this too. You know, when I started to get results, and you know, I started to go to the gym and, you know, whatever, I, things were okay. But I didn't actually become the person who was capable of doing what I'm doing now until about seven, six years later, maybe 2015, mm-hmm. I would say. And it was when I started going to therapy. I don't know if you want to go there with this conversation but I'll go there. I'll go there hard man. It was therapy. It was shame work. It was pulling all my demons out and putting them on the table and wrestling with them and and figuring out that like you know if you want to be really successful in this world, it's not enough to be smart, it's not enough to be driven, it's not enough to be confident. There's like these these like more feminine things, compassion and connection and limbic resonance, the ability to like maintain like soulful eye contact. Mm. Frankly, I couldn't be doing any of what I'm doing now if it weren't for some really, really excruciating work I did in a therapeutic context that frankly I did because when I met my wife now, who's Jacqueline, she's my life partner and my everything, I realized like I'm, I'm kind of, I have some damage. And she, and she doesn't deserve that. And her kids don't deserve that. She had kids. And so I'm going to go work on that. And I started a process of working on communication, working on, working on empathy, working on responsive listening, which I've done none of here in this conversation because I've just been talking the whole time. But keep, I think keep that's keep the format on. maybe. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was the stuff that allowed me to like build teams, build real businesses, focus on product and value. And, you know, there's a great Steve jobs quote where he says, where he's like, you know, he says something like once you, you have a successful product and typically the sales and marketing people take over and eventually the product guys are just kind of pushed out. Right. Steve jobs, is a great example of a person who was very soulful, very empathetic and cared deeply about quality and value. It was my mid thirties through therapy that I, I, I really became the person that actually wants to give more to the world than he takes from it mm. and in that i think is why i'm actually you know able to be successful with what i'm doing now right frankly before that i was just good at making money and before that i was just not good at any of it
0: <laughs> so the first thing i want to speak to is that work trumps circumstance right like and i don't know if how true this is but i feel like it's true so i'm just gonna say it anyway you look at the olympics i think to get to the olympics is not genetic it's work but to be number one there becomes certain things. I was talking to my trainer about this the other day, like that at half second might be the attachments of my muscles. You know what I mean? Like they talk about uh, Conor McGregor's left hook being because of how his muscles attach, he's probably got more power, et cetera, than maybe his right hook. So there's some certain factors there, some circumstance. But to get to that level is not the circumstance because you can have someone with everything who never makes it. Like if you want to be in the NBA and you don't put in the work, Um, I could be five foot tall and you could be seven and I'll get picked. But if we both do the work, it becomes this advantage. And a lot of people don't realize what circumstantial advantage they have until they actually start putting in the work and they start realizing it. But what happens is they look at others and think, well, he was born like this. He was given this. This was easier, blah, blah, blah. And they don't realize the work that actually goes into it to get to a certain level. But that leads me to my second point. We're talking about work, right? That's what gets you to make money. That's what gets you to hustle and get out of bed at 4 a.m. and just keep pushing but you can only get to a certain point, And i felt that myself. The next level where it, it flips is relationships and people because you can't, eventually you can only hustle so hard and then you, you're in your own way. And I felt that myself. There's only so much I could grow my clinic. There's only so much I could grow my coaching business because I was either going to have to sacrifice everything. But even then there's still this peak, like I can't go past that. I need people. And so when you're talking about relationships, emotion, understanding others, understanding yourself as well, Super important because we hear things like, Oh, it's who you know. I don't believe in that. I just believe that when you are so well connected to others and you're giving not with the intent to receive now or in the future, but just doing it because it's good, that naturally attracts people around you who want to give. And then you naturally have these relationships because you can't go to a networking event and meet people and expect things to happen because the people that are really going to give are not at the networking event. They're through a friend or some guy you met randomly on the subway, or there's a lot more of that synchronicity to it than actually, you know, I'm going to go and give, meet some people, get connected. Someone's going to give me an opportunity. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's deeper than that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And so I want to, want to finish my statement that I started to say earlier, which is in ENTRE, we have this concentric model of, of excellence. I talked about mm-hmm. the three Ps of excellence, and then I went on a big tirade about excellence, right? But the three Ps are physical, personal, and professional. Which is you know it's it's health wealth and relationships it, you know there's a lot we all say the same things right it's like the three things for me I, I just like alliteration so I say uh, you know physical personal and professional but I draw them as concentric circles and I actually put physical at the center like I actually think success starts with your your relationship with your body and, and your mind and then the next level is personal so you think about it, your physical that's the source of your energy personal is how your energy makes first contact. It's relationships. It's the people mm. you connect with and impact directly. And then professional, I would call it the, the furthest out results of your energy. Mm. And, and even that word professional, to profess, like a profession of faith. A lot of people think professional is like how you make money. It's like, no, it's like, what do you profess in this world? What do you stand for? What's mm. the large scale impact that you're trying to have? But I view it as an inside out, and to your point, and 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 based on my own experience, it's like I wasn't actually able to really have the professional result that I wanted in this world until, first of all, I got my relationship with my body in a very, very good place. And I include that. I say physical. I include body, mind, and even what I call uh, solitary spirituality, which is any part of your spiritual practice that you do by yourself that changes you physiologically. So that would include prayer, meditation, all that kind of stuff. Like, until I got all that stuff right, I wasn't the kind of energy source that could have good relationships. And I certainly wasn't going to create the kind of relationships that could spill over into massive professional success. So body first, then personal, really, really getting good in relationships. Like like your family is the best laboratory for developing business skills. And people might say, what? Well, it's like, those are the trickiest relationships to navigate, right? If you If you want to learn how to, tolerate the intolerable or uh, forgive the unforgivable or like love in spite of challenges as such. Like family is a great laboratory for that, right? And family, friends, neighborhood, network, community, church, whatever. And like really, really investing in balance, you know, balance power dynamics and responsive listening and developing that skill of of having people feel like they're the center of the universe whenever they're talking to you, like the the Bill Clinton or the Mother Teresa, like that's all relationship skills. Mm. And then and only then, A, are you likely to go have massive professional success? And I would argue, do you even deserve it? Because if you can't impact one person, what claim do you have to go impact a million? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's super apparent in the health field because looking at how you get into it. Most of us get into it because we have a profound experience and then we want to share that, but we don't necessarily know how to do that in a way that's serving others and not just ourselves because we want to share it because we think it's this and it's that versus what does the person need and want. Uh, And I see that when I'm coaching people on how to, to grow their business because we look at it in terms of not what you want to give your clients, but what your clients need uh, and want themselves uh, and being able to communicate the, the, the differences in that. Because often we will just we'll package up our products with a bunch of crap and then that the people have to go through because they get what they want, the rest of it just kind of goes with it. So then they just accept it. And most of us think that we've got these amazing services and all the stuff is so great and how we do our processes when in actual fact the people are there for you know five, 10, 15% of what's going on because we're not actually mm-hmm. listening to where they're at. And it's those of us who can do that that really break through uh, and and things grow rapidly. Because again, you're, you're leading with who's this person in front of you and what am I able to uh, facilitate in them more than what can I give you because you're broken? What can I show you? It's like, let me, let me understand you a bit and then facilitate you achieving the result. I forgot who said it, but it was like um, the hero's journey, right? You're helping the hero to go through their journey rather than actually forcing yourself to be in there and too many people advertise that way. Too many people sell that way Mm. and deliver that way and not looking at it in terms of this person's on their own journey. I'm just part of the process to help them get there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're a character in their story, you know, in copywriting, you know, which is selling with words, right? They say, I I forget who said it. If it was, uh, it's a Claude Hopkins or Gary Halbert one of the great old copywriters said, if I'd had more time, I would have written less. And I think that, that applies to uh, conversations, too. Like, if you'd, mm-hmm. if you'd been more intentional, you would have said less. And, and realizing, you know, whether you're a health practitioner or anyone else. I mean, I say this to my entrepreneurs and marketers all the time. Like, you are the single least important person in the entire process. Your mm-hmm. customers the most. Everyone else is the next because if they're, if they're looking for validation, it's, they're not looking for you to tell them what you think because you're the salesperson. They're going to look to everyone else and say, well, is there social proof or their case studies or their testimonials? And so they're most important. Everyone else is next important. And then you are the sole occupant of the least important status. And mm-hmm. yet so often, like you said, it's about us. It's about our experience and how great such and such was for us. Nobody cares. In fact, it hurts the process.
0: Yeah, but that's hard. It's hard to, to work hard for something and want to be validated to realize that actually, the more you, you want to achieve success, uh, the, the way you measure that starts to change. And we talked about that with people and relationships. At the start, you'll see people who are newer to the entrepreneurial game measuring around money. And then as they get through, it starts to become more about impact. And you go from this like, how can I be seen as something to then almost this regression back to a balance point of relationship building. And I see people go through that all the time. Uh, it's, it's usually the ones, uh, especially when we're more insecure, we try and project kind of puff our chest up and until we realize what the game's actually about,
1: especially in healthcare yeah, and I mean, here's you've the doctors thing.
0: and things. You spend 15 years to become something, you do all these things, you want to have the right. status. And then you realize that actually you're just another person with some other services and some skills. And it's, it's about the person, not you.
1: Yeah. And, and what you just said, like, I heard what you just said a million times and I smiled and I nodded and I didn't give it any real credence or, or or my, it didn't impact my behavior. It didn't change my language. It didn't show up in any meaningful way. in in my, my business process. So I'm going to just maybe throw out there that like, what you just said, like, Like, don't need to hear it. Don't do what I did. Don't need to hear that a thousand times before you actually listen to it. Like, just Mm. listen to it now because it's the truth. The more I serve, the more I deliver value, the more I peg my identity, my business, my okayness in this world to the amount of good that I have done for other people, I'll be honest, I make more money now than I ever did in my life. And literally, when I started ENTRE, I went a year without even having a product for sale. Mm -hmm. ENTRE grew out of me making hundreds and hundreds of training videos with no agenda and no product to sell. And finally, I was just trying to teach people how to harness the power of the new digital economy to build uh, possibilities in their life. And I, in fact, when I launched, when I, before it was called Entra, I just called it school of awesome. It was just like I, this name I came up with and it was, I bought, I bought the domain. It was like three grand. Like I paid a lot for the domain. I was school of awesome. It was like, I'm just going to create a free abundant school to teach people how to have an awesome life. I had no product. There was nothing for sale. And I made like Know 300 videos in my first year of like training and just trying to give everything I knew, everything I'd learned. I just sold my agency. I wasn't really like trying to make money aggressively. And finally, it just took on a life of its own, where it's like I gotta create a course because there's so much demand Mm. from people that want to have a business relationship with me. Like they're they're tired of just watching my. Facebook Lives or whatever, and uh, you know, created a course that went from zero to millions and millions and millions. And I didn't even sell our very first product until 16 months ago. And now we're like disrupting modern education. I mean, it's crazy, but it grew because I finally reached the point in my life where I stopped doing what I'm saying, which is hearing people like you say things like what you just said and paying it token attention, but not actually taking it to heart. when I finally mm. took it to heart, I'm now having more success than I could possibly imagine.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Value first, right? You had it, you said yeah, it up. I
1: literally didn't sell anything for a year. And mm. I spent 100, no, th- probably 1,000. I probably spent 2,000 hours creating content and researching content and validating content and giving as much value as I possibly could. It was about 10 months without even ever having a call to action or having a product or a widget or anything that I could, I didn't even have a merchant account. I couldn't collect money. And that created almost the karma, if nothing else, that was like, okay, now you deserve a, a result.
0: You put in the work and people aren't typically willing to do that. They're not willing to go live every day for a month to just, you know, like do a little challenge. One. The whole month, I, yeah. I laugh oh, at a
1: month. Yeah, I laugh. I've made a thousand videos in the last two and a half years. A month yeah. of going live, give me a break. That's what I'm talking about. That's the forty percent. People get up to the forty percent. They go, "Oh my, my muscles are tired. I should stop running." It's like, no, the race has only actually just begun.
0: Mm. Definitely. Let's get let's get tactical for a second. Let's say someone's listening to this and they've, they've gone through it and they go, "Yep, this makes sense. I want to, you know, implement on it," but what do I do? Where's the place that I start looking to find these resources that I have and the need to, to begin on this process because I'm confused? What would you say to someone like that?
1: I would say that I did a really wonderful experiment about two and a half years ago that at least it's worked well for me to, to do that exact thing that you just described. So I had sold my agency. Prior to that, I was an affiliate marketer. The thing about affiliate marketing and having a digital agency at least in my case, um, cause it wasn't like a, the Neil Patel agency. Like I wasn't like some big prominent figurehead in my agency, nobody knew who Jeff Lerner was. So even though I had had a lot of you know financial success promoting stuff online, 2018, I was a total unknown. So for me, I wanted to get into the business of delivering value, building goodwill, developing an audience, developing influence, positioning myself as an authority. And even though at the time it was school of awesome and, and literally in my email signature, it said valedictorian, first graduating class, school of awesome. Like, what does that even mean, right? But the point is I was trying to make a name for myself. I was starting at zero like everyone else. And what I did was I made a list and I had a, I had a coach at the time. I'd love to pretend I just had this like, you know, epiphany, but I had a coach who's like, here's what you need to do. He's like make a list of all these little impactful things in your life that you could talk about from which you could extract some sort of value or wisdom or useful experience right and i kind of wrote down like this biography of my life it was all this little stuff none of it was like i didn't write on there like my divorce and like seven lessons i learned from my divorce like that that's a big thing no this was like little stuff it was like that time at the gym when Uh, you know, the the lady left all her weights on the bar, and I got annoyed or something. Like it was all this little stuff that I was trying to like pull little wisdom extraction from, and and then he's like, okay, great. Now you've got a list. They're not right. It's not right or or wrong. It's just stuff that happened to you. Now go talk about it. Take your phone. Go out. I was I was visiting him um, at a hotel, and he's like, take your phone. Go out and do not come back to the room until you've shot 10 videos. You've taken 10 of those things and shot a video talking into your phone. Now, I wasn't going live. Like I could have shot them and then just deleted them all. Nobody ever would have seen them, right? Mm. But it was just the experience of like, how do I open a video? How do I end a video without going like, okay, so uh, I guess that's my video. Thanks for watching, bye stop like like you just develop like it gets more natural right and you just start to get this cadence and this flow and this process and I had no idea what was really happening at the time but I was finding myself I was finding my voice I was finding my message I was finding my mission I was finding my language I was creating my own vernacular and my own style and now I come on and do an interview like this and it just like it just flows and I riff but like none of this was there none of this was there. I had no clue what I was doing. I was just a mouthful of marbles trying to get a word out. And you just, you just start and you do it and you do repetitions. And, and when, you know, again, my musician background is what prepared me for the grind. You know, when I decided I wanted to become a musician, like I had no plan B and I knew I was unemployable. It took me 50 gigs. And a gig is like 2 to 4 hours long. So it's a lot of discomfort and everybody's watching you. It took me 50 gigs before I could finally play a gig without my hands shaking so bad that it was causing me to miss notes. 50. Most people never get to gig number 10 when they're that terrified. Mm-hmm. It was just that experience of pushing through the fear and the insecurity and I was a bullied kid growing up. I had a lot of shame. I have, I have a lot of body issues and I think my body's weird and I think I'm ugly. I had a genetic condition growing up. I got bullied. I got made fun of. They told me I looked like an alien. They told me to go back to my home planet when I was a kid. Like I had so many issues just to get to a basic beginner level of confidence in this world to even go try to do anything. And I worked it all out on video. And finally, I started publishing the videos. And you really want to work your stuff out? Put it out on the web. Let Mm -hmm. a few haters take some shots at you. They got nothing better to do. They're waiting for you. They will tell you that you are a loser. They will tell you that you are ugly. They will tell you that your wife is a stripper. They will tell you that you look like a glitch in a video game that froze in a very awkward position. They will ask you what's wrong with your face. They will ask you what the fuck you're doing on their feed and tell you to go the fuck away and go suck a dick. And they will tell you anything that you need to to feel the shame, to face the shame, so that you can finally grow up and be who you were born and destined to be. I compressed a lot of that into an intense 3 to 6 month phase of getting myself brutalized online to finally wake up and go, you know what? Sticks and stones they can hurt me, but words can't. Mm. Now, depending on your your professional pedigree, depending on your credentials, depending on your industry, depending on your targeting, You might not be as nuts as me and say, okay, I'm gonna go cast a super wide net and I'm gonna start running self-help videos to anyone I can find in the world. Like if you're a healthcare practitioner or you're a contractor, you're a chiropractor, you're probably gonna be a little bit more like strategic about what you create and who you target. But imagine some guy you've never heard of pops up in your feed telling you, here's a lesson you can learn from a billionaire. If you're a troll, that guy's going to get your attention and you're going to hone in on that guy. So I'm not. I, I'm saying that to say like anybody that does this isn't teeing themselves up for like psychological abuse like I did, but would it be the worst thing if you did? You'd have to get over a lot of stuff and then you'd be free, maybe for the first time in your life. Like I'm free, man. It, I got nothing to worry about.
0: It's, <laughs> it's going to hurt. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to feel weird about it, but you just do it anyway. And I think that's the mark of... Someone's successful or destined for success is that they do it anyway. I had severe anxiety, depression, family issues. I couldn't talk publicly. I hated it. Almost left chiropractic college when I found out I had to do a 20-minute presentation in year two. Like it was just like it's not going to work. But I looked through it at what I was trying to achieve, and where I wanted to go, and just knew that I had to do it anyway, and just did it anyway despite the pain. And that that goes for anything. If you want to build muscle, you've got to work out despite the fact that you feel sore. Or you've got to stop drinking despite the fact that your friends want you to. Like e- anything worth something, there is an element of pain because you're having to break out of the pattern that you're in. That's not comfortable. If it was comfortable, it'd be easy. And, and as they say, everyone would do it. The process is simple. I think the process of success is relatively simple. It's not easy though, because you know, things get in the way. We've got to break patterns that we have, beliefs that we have. We've got to shift outside the social bounds that we have with the people around us. And that is uncomfortable, but doing it and doing it to feel the pain. These days I do stuff to feel the pain. I'm like, if I'm not feeling something, nice. and I'm not doing the right thing. You know what I mean? It's like, this is too easy. There isn't nice. pain. I'm not doing it hard enough. I'm not stretching far enough. Like if you're at the gym and you can lift 10 pound dumbbells and it's easy, then you need to increase the weight because you're not growing. You're just yeah. going through the motions and that will inevitably cause regression. I love that insight. I think it. Like for people listening, it sounds this big, almost esoteric conversation about these things. But if you've listened to enough of these episodes, you understand that there is, it's actually very tactical. Literally, go and get your phone and just record some stuff. I tell my clients that record it as if you're going to delete it, but then don't and actually publish it because yeah. you change you around it. If you think you're going to delete it, you don't care that you look weird. You don't care that you stumble or anything or that something happens in the background. You just publish it and then you forget I don't look at ad comments. I don't look at people's responses. I don't care how many people like the video or see it. It's going out anyway because that's, it's like laying concrete, right? You have to put some out there. It's not formed yet. Then it hardens and you can build a building on it. And that's what you've done ridiculously well. We can, we can our audience connect with you online.
1: Jeff Lerner, official. Thank you for asking. Um, Yeah. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. I think I even have a TikTok profile that I posted a video to once. (laughs) I need to do more of that. But yeah, I'm Jeff Lerner, official everywhere.
0: Amazing. And is that you've got, uh, I believe you've got a book out. Is that right? As well that people
1: can check out. I do. Yes. I'm so glad you asked. So, in fact, and I want to make sure I grab the right link. If people go to millionairesecrets.com forward slash James N homage to you, of course, then they can download my free book called The Millionaire Shortcut, which is a super quick read. It's like 20 pages long. You can literally read it in like 30 minutes. And it explains kind of my framework for how you can really break through in the new digital economy. Again, go to millionairesecrets.com forward slash James N. you can get that book. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel and uh, listen to my show as well, Millionaire Secrets
0: amazing thank you so much for coming on the show
1: definitely make sure that's in the show notes everyone needs to check that
0: out uh and if you need to re-listen to this because like we said don't just kind of token it,
1: actually plant on it i really appreciate you thank you so much thank you
0: thank you for listening to the show If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people, and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable, and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach, or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention Because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you will find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier. How to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you, and how you can build a six, multi six, even seven figure practice just like I did, but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business, and I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show and i'll see you on the next episode